0: Welcome to Cinemazing Chats. I'm Erica and I'm here with Pablo. Hey, hey. And we are here to discuss the movie RIPD and or Ripped. I'm not sure which it's supposed to be. Which was a movie? I think either
1: pronunciation is accurate.
0: Yeah. And this movie I had never heard of before until I saw it on some TV listings recently, but it's from 2013, starring Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds.
1: Yeah, um, I guess I didn't really know what to expect from this film, except that I knew that was really bad, or at least wasn't successful. And also that it very clearly wanted to be Men in Black. Like, it was very clear down to, like, the stupid acronym for the name, uh, which stands in Rest in Peace Division.
0: No, Department.
1: Oh, department. Sorry. <laughs> it's directed by a guy I hadn't heard of before, Robert Schwentke. But he has kind of an interesting track record. Um, he mostly does like dramas, or at least that's what he used to do. Uh, he directed Tattoo, which I think is a pretty well-regarded movie. Um, he directed Flight Plan, which is also okay. The Time Traveler's Wife, which was an adaptation I personally didn't care for. Maybe we should do that one. Um, And then he also directed Red, which I thought was surprisingly decent. And then he directed the two sequels to the Divergent series, Insurgent and Allegiant. So kind of a spotty track record, but it seems like mainly he is able to rise to the material. And then if the script or whatever isn't good, then it's probably just going to be a bad movie.
0: Yeah. So does he is he a director that gets bad scripts assigned to him or I don't know, maybe it's everyone's fault?
1: Well, no, it's kind of funny. Like, since Hollywood is really just a business, um, basically, if they find directors who are able to bring in films like way under budget and just like follow their weird notes and all this stuff, then uh, producers tend to like go back to them. So, I know that Red was a really big hit that made, like, a lot of money. What was um, Red? So, I think just based off that, and the fact that that was also based on a comic book. Oh. Um, I think that's probably, like, how we got this movie. Is we're like, oh, here, take another uh, comic book movie. Mm-hmm. We'll just throw you in it. <laughs> and, like I was saying, this came at a time, 2013, when I think there hadn't been a Men in Black movie in a really long time. So, they're probably just trying to capitalize on that fact.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, because Kevin Bacon is in this, too, like, some famous people are in this really bad movie.
1: Yeah, it's got a really good cast, and you can kind of tell from the tone of the movie that I don't think anyone expected it to be that bad. Um, Again, it just sort of comes down to the script, which was really bad. Okay, so I'm looking at it now, and Men in Black 1 came out in 1997. Two in 2002, and the third one came out in 2012. So, this is falling literally right on the heels of the last Men in Black. And that was, of course, Sony, and this is Universal. So, Universal was just trying to get their version of this. And I guess this was right before, right as Marvel was like really exploding. Yeah. It was just companies were just trying to figure out what's going to be the next thing. I think this is also around the time when the Hunger Games were like, everyone's trying to make their own version of that.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm looking up the writing duo Phil Hay and Matt and Freddie but I don't know any of these movies that they've done are they good or bad Crazy Slash Beautiful The Tuxedo Eon Flux Clash of the Titans
1: and Flux and uh, Tuxedo definitely isn't good Um, Crazy Beautiful
0: Ride Along it's
1: really badly regarded
0: it's really badly regarded
1: Yeah, it's that movie with Jay Hernandez and Kirsten Dunst where they're like high school lovers and it's like, oh my God, he's Latino and all this like stereotypical (laughs) shit. Oh God. Um, Tuxedo is just a Jackie Chan vehicle where he gets like a super high powered uh, tuxedo that lets him fight. Oh my God. And Flux. And Flux is an adaptation of an MTV series that I think was just style, style over substance. But that one I don't think was... Uh oh, never mind. That one holds a 9% rating. Oh, we should do Alien Flux. <laughs> and then the Clash of the Titans is known as being really bad, but it made a lot of money because it was in 3D. Like it was one of those films after Avatar that sort of capitalized on the whole 3D thing.
0: But they also did these After Ripped. They did Ride Along and Ride Along 2, which is a buddy cop oh, thing <laughs> between uh Ice Cube and Kevin Hart.
1: Yeah. I mean, this kind of strikes me as one of those sort of work-for-hire writer duos. Um, it kind of reminds me of the guys who wrote the Night of the Museum movies. Oh, God. Who probably, again, are like really easy to work with and are able to work within the system and just like accept these weird notes. Mm-hmm. I see they also wrote a movie called The Invitation, which is a horror thriller. But I want to say that this was probably a movie that they actually cared about, like one of their passion films. So this is probably a movie that uh, it has 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I think it was probably one of these movies that they were actually able to make how they wanted it to, mm-hmm. and the other ones are just them working for hire.
0: Hmm,
1: okay. But yeah, this script was really bad. It was kind of a dog, this script.
0: Yeah, this R.I.P.D. thing was like, I can't even describe how they're, it was just like Jeff Bridges yelling, and Mary Louise Parker was yelling, and they just didn't have any buddy-ness to this film.
1: Well, just, like, none of the lines had any wit to them. It was just very generic. Like, it it was almost as if they just set up the visuals, like it had a detailed storyboard or whatever, and then sort of were like, here's some really asinine line, and you're going to ad-lib something better on the day, right? And then they didn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was um, watching something like Blindspot or something recently, which is not, like, the smartest show ever, but they had two... two fbi people in a vehicle and they were having a way better conversation like it's not that hard to write slightly wittier conversation
1: right we could even compare this to bright which ironically enough stars will smith and seems like men in black but it's fantasy now yeah and that one i think probably has a better script than this even though like that one's also getting like lambasted
0: yeah this one had like particularly bad lines
1: yeah, uh, so I guess we should sort of talk about what this movie even is, um, like the little that there was to it. So I kind of missed this, but apparently there was a little bit of a setup in the beginning um, with Ryan Reynolds' character, who I'm just realizing now is called Nick Walker. Uh, I didn't know any of their characters' names in the movie because they didn't really say <laughs> them that often. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he apparently discovers with his partner some gold, buries the gold and then uh he gets taken down by his partner who's played by kevin bacon yeah and that's when he's drawn and this was like one of the only cool visuals in the film of him getting drawn into heaven let like tunnel opens up in the sky and he gets pulled out and it's all this like weird trippy stuff with uh like oscillating universes and stuff and he just wakes up in like a recruiting department and it's Mary Louise Parker telling him that he's dead, but now he's going to be conscripted. It's almost like slavery or something. Uh,
0: it was indentured servitude to get into heaven. And this is what I don't understand is like, did he get this indentured servitude in order to get into heaven because of the victimless crime of him stealing these gold pieces they found?
1: Or right, exactly. is it yeah. because
0: he's a cop and they need him for this, rest in peace department
1: I think it was probably both I mean they set up in the film how there's spirits who don't want to go to heaven or the afterlife or any of this stuff so they just stay on earth and that's why they need this department to track down these people who are pretending to be humans they're
0: called deados.
1: yeah and then force them back uh, to go to hell
0: yeah they kill them in the real world I guess that makes their soul go to
1: hell and there's a stupid action thing where like they have to be shot in the head and that's the only way they can be taken out (laughs) i did want to mention that this movie starts pointlessly in media res like you don't know what's yeah going
0: that on. was it's completely useless and there's
1: like some crappy shrek looking cgi
0: yeah thick, a real guy. thick boy dedo is like running around and then they cut to a thing that's like three or four days ago like unnecessarily showing us this very thick dedo
1: but the funny thing is Usually when they start something in media res It's for a reason uh, This is like one of those hacky things that people do To make their script more exciting um, But usually it's like Okay we're setting us up for a really great Action scene or something that's thematically appropriate. Yeah we're
0: tempting the audience Right
1: yeah exactly It's supposed to like be a little tease Like oh you can't wait for this moment But then when you get to the moment in this <laughs> film It's like literally the shittiest scene in the entire movie Yeah <laughs> Like, it's so bad when you get to that scene.
0: Oh, yeah. By that point, I don't even care about the movie anymore when they finally get to three or four days later again.
1: Exactly. Like, a good example would be, like, Mission Impossible 3, where they sort of set up, oh, my God, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's just shot uh, Tom Cruise's girlfriend, and it's like, what the hell's going on? And then when you get to the scene, like, you figure out, like, it's a ruse.
0: Yeah, it should be, like, solving a mystery.
1: Right like joss whedon does it really well in buffy and all his other shows
0: yeah so a failed use of um technique there
1: (laughs) it's also shot in boston although i don't think they ever state that you kind of just have to figure it out by watching the movie
0: oh is that what kevin bacon's accent is the whole movie is it bostonian oh my god
1: You can tell it's just set in Boston to have it slightly different and not be New York like every other movie. Or maybe it's from the comic book. Which we should also talk about the original comic book because that's really weird. It's this Canadian TV writer and producer who worked on shows like uh, Hawaii Five-O, CSI, uh, La Femme Nikita. And he, he was nominated for the Bram Stoker Award for a comic book called Fort Prophet of the Unexplained. Then it seemed like he probably just wrote Ripped to almost be like a let's make this movie. Oh, God.
0: I'm just going to assume the comic book has to be funnier than the movie ended up.
1: I mean, I would hope so, because that's what usually happens with these Hollywood adaptations. They take something that's decent, like a script or an idea, and then they sort of just...
0: And they fail to translate it properly.
1: Exactly. They just overwork it and it just becomes horrible.
0: Yeah, it felt like... This move like, the comic must have had a particular tone and art style with these kind of, like, oddly shaped Dedo monsters, but the movie just right. took that and re- made it weird. It made a really weird world to live in.
1: I mean, it doesn't help that the CGI was really bad, which is funny because the budget was, like, $130 million and this came out in 2013.
0: Yeah, it's five years old.
1: Yeah, so there's no way that the CGI had to be that bad.
0: Yeah, what'd they spend their $130 million on?
1: Probably casting, honestly, to get oh, Kevin Bacon and Mary Louise And Parker
0: Jeff Bridges. And, and, and so, yeah, and Kevin Bridges. Bacon does this horrible fake accent the whole movie, but so does Jeff Bridges because he does a horrible fake Southern accent.
1: Well, it's also funny because it clearly is ripping off both Men in Black and Ghostbusters with its uh, premise.
0: Right, because they're busting the Dettos, yeah.
1: Pretty much every idea they have is just terrible and none of the actors seem to be having any sort of a good time
0: yeah and i'm like oh well i know that jeff bridges and ryan reynolds can sound like they're having witty rapport because of other movies so it has to be the script
1: yeah exactly so we sort of are introduced to ryan reynolds life and it's fine or whatever but he sees like a moving shrub and there's a scene with his really generic girlfriend who you're supposed to, like, care about throughout the movie, but she's, like, literally the most generic actress. I don't even know who she is.
0: I don't even think she gets any lines, except, like,
1: one or two lines. There was a brief shot that it looked like she was uh, bottomless, <laughs> and it just made me think of the phrase, just the tip of the vagina. That's what we want in this shot.
0: Well, she did, yeah, she was in her panties. Yeah, I wrote flavorless and
1: vanilla. <laughs>
0: To describe their relationship.
1: She kind of looked like a remix of, like, Rachel McAdams or Michelle Monaghan.
0: Oh, wait, yeah, but I remember she was doing an accent, too, because she's a French actress, and she had to have an American accent.
1: Right, I thought it was... I thought she was British, but yeah, she definitely didn't quite get the accent right Mm -hmm. and it's just like they're supposed to be generically happy but they don't give you anything to latch on to it made me it reminded me of how in deadpool they actually build up the romance he has in that movie and it's really well done and you actually care about uh his love interest marina Mm baccarat whereas in this one you like don't give a shit and therefore you don't care when he dies or when he has to rescue her or any of this shit
0: yeah they're just like oh ha 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 we're so happy
1: (laughs) So yeah, then Kevin Bacon is his partner and he like betrays him for some reason, I guess uh, because he wants to get with his girlfriend, which is kind of like Ghost. So there's another movie they were picking up. He off.
0: doesn't want to get with his girlfriend. He just wants the gold shards that Ryan Reynolds has. Exactly. Yeah, and he more just doesn't like Ryan Reynolds. But it's because of the spoiler that it's because he's a Ditto.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. You find out at the end that he's been sort of coordinating this whole thing.
0: Right. So he's a bad cop. Oh, we know that he's an asshole because right away, the first thing he does in the movie is body shame a guy in the locker room.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I forgot to mention that there's a whole action scene before Ryan Reynolds even dies. Uh, It's like suddenly you're in the movie SWAT commando or something like that. Yeah. And it was really evidence to me that this movie was originally intended to be seen in 3D because there's all these like really crappy shots where they sort of I think it's called rack focus where it's like you're zooming in on the camera with the action, and this camera keeps spinning around and doing all this crap. But it just looks really bad in this movie. Like, there's some movies where they make that look good, and this is not an example of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, not paying attention to what was going on the fighting.
1: But it's just trying to set up that he's some sort of super cop and just, like, hyper-competent. Right. Oh! But all the action scenes in this movie are really badly directed.
0: Yeah, this movie's weird about, really weird about, um... Like, being PC or something, I don't know. Because, yeah, they have just random things that are kind of, like, could be offensive. Like, Ryan Reynolds, in the beginning, is also shaming Kevin Bacon for having an adorable bracelet. Like, he has a charm bracelet. And then, like, there's a joke about being a bottom later on. I don't know. There's, like, just really bad um, humor. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No, it definitely isn't very careful about not offending people.
0: Yeah, making unfunny comments.
1: Within the first 15-20 minutes, the audience has no reason to care about anything that's happening. So it's just like, why is any of this happening? Yep. Then there's like a total RoboCop ripoff scene. It's like the partner shoots him. Yep. So there's one cool scene, which is that time gets frozen. And it seems like for a second that he's going to be sent to hell.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was confused. But it's because it's like all these explosions are happening when he dies. So it's like he's walking out of the the frozen in time explosions going to heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he has to get branded with a tattoo, right? Heaven is like kind of sick and twisted.
1: No, definitely. But in general, I felt like all the CGI in this movie, whenever you saw any of the bodies, they looked very rubbery. Which was maybe intentional to so make it look like comic booky or something, mm. but just not look good.
0: Oh, like all the CGI dedos look rubbery, or what do you mean?
1: No, the human characters, like whenever they have Ryan Reynolds or Jeff Bridges or whoever like turn into a CGI puppet, it just looked really like they had no skeletons or something. Mm. Like the skin texture was off. Oh, and I forgot to mention, when he gets sucked into the tunnel, it looks exactly like a blue anus. Like there's no other way to interpret it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like a folded... Pole. <laughs> was there some comment that Steely Dan is always playing when you're getting in that tunnel?
1: Oh yeah, that was a weird reference. Yeah, it's all these, uh, I like to call them joke-alikes where something sounds like a funny joke but when you think about it, it isn't actually funny or a joke. Mm-hmm. Just like stupid. Yep. And they try to do all this stuff with visuals to make it look sort of Dolly-esque. But really it's just, like kind of pointless. Hmm. So, um, Mary Louise Parker, who I guess is, like, the police captain or something, explains to Ryan Reynolds that, uh, just like in Ghostbusters, (laughs) when these people don't want to go to the afterlife, they atrophy and turn into demons, which are called Dettos, and then she walks him into the police department and looks exactly, like, literally exactly like the men in black departments.
0: Yeah, it's the bureaucratic, um, area, like, with all the desks.
1: Yeah. Oh, and something that I found really odd is that there's a lot of running jokes in this movie, but none of them are that funny. I mean, maybe, like, a couple of times I had, like, a chuckle if something, like, came back from the really beginning, but...
0: Running jokes? Oh, about his hat and stuff?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, she introduces him to his partner, who's played by Jeff Bridges, and we were both joking that he must have been super racist uh, from Civil War times. But then they actually address that later in the movie and they specifically point out that he was fighting for the north.
0: Yeah, they're so defensive cuz he's like, "No, I fought for the north." But the people in the north
1: <laughs> Definitely not a racist. Don't worry, I'm not a Yeah,
0: racist. there was still slavery in the north like I don't know. It was just like a very oversimplified view of history that, "Oh no, we can like this character cuz he fought for the north."
1: I mean, there's no way for me to say this right, but it almost would have been more interesting if he was racist. Oh, gosh. (laughs) At least it'd be something. Like, it wouldn't just be, like, uh, trying to appease everyone.
0: Ryan Reynolds is like, haven't you learned anything?
1: So then they, like, fuck in a tiny toilet, by which I mean they have to, like, climb into this weird little toilet, and that takes them to their complete ripoff of g's pawn shop s- setting
0: yeah i wrote that they flush to earth as sexy partners now just like something about their body <laughs> language going into the bathroom that flushes you it's just i don't know yeah it's very suggestive
1: Son ryan reynolds just like huck finn has to go attend his own funeral um and jeff bridges is wearing these really obnoxious ray-bans which is another just like obvious men in black mm. and he looks really bad in them yeah and Kevin Bacon is there, and I was like, he should just shoot him right then and there. Yep. And he does try a little bit to kill him, but not as much as he should. Right. So then they set up, like, one of these running jokes, which is that apparently the universe is sentient and has a personality, and it won't let any dead people be recognized. So um, Ryan Wells tries to talk to his wife, and Kevin Bacon accosts him with his men, and he's like, don't you recognize me? And they're like, no, who are you? And then you see it from the outside point of view and it's like he's this old Asian man and Jeff Bridges is this like super hot blonde person Mm -hmm. like in the movie. It's supposed to be super hot. Yeah. So it's just like a really stupid joke that they come back to a few different times. But then uh, they have them drive away and Jeff Bridges like leers at this woman really creepily.
0: Yeah, looking at her ankles.
1: And that was definitely a Me Too moment. Oh, yeah, that was another running joke, his thing with ankles.
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, women of my day didn't show their ankles or something. I don't know.
1: But there's so much about this movie that's bad universe building. Like, they have this whole thing about how to reveal a dedo. You have to use Indian food.
0: Kumin. And they would do cumin, I think it was cumin, and they would do, snor- they would snort it off of their hand like cocaine. It was so weird.
1: It was really weird. Yeah, it's just one of these things where you obviously don't have a good idea, so you just, like, do whatever you think of.
0: Yeah. Like, they have this whole, like, Jeff Bridges has this style of interrogation where he brings in the Indian food in a bag and just, like, describes it at length to the person they think is a deto. and that just gets them to reveal themselves
1: exactly yeah and they don't really explain it the right way either so it's just kind of weird at first it's like what why is this happening
0: yeah it's so weird
1: it's one of these movies where it seems like somebody just took mushrooms or something and just like tried to write a script (laughs) it didn't turn out
0: yeah and okay during the funeral thing was jeff bridges saying that he had to see hit watch his dead body after he died yeah i think so and so he was just like hanging out while the like coyotes ate his meat or something
1: yeah that's another thing not a running joke but a running theme that they come back to a couple times the fact that he saw his body decompose or like felt it decompose or something like that hmm. he knows exactly how he died and like was eaten
0: and yeah did he because and then that's the other connection between um that's a connection between ryan reynolds and jeff bridges is that they both had partners that stabbed them in the back
1: right exactly So something about betrayal And this is all leading up to this, like, really flourishing monologue that Jeff Bridges uh, delivers at the end of the movie. But even that's just kind of, like, lands with a clunk. (laughs) Because it's, like, clunker of a speech. Uh Like, it's supposed to be the big dramatic moment, and he's saying all this, like, stupid stuff. Uh, But we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they go to a cost like uh, Ryan Reynolds' first um, caller. So they go to this, like... Hotel, and it's this really rip-off of the Shining hallway. Uh, so like, they should have called this movie "Ripped Off" because basically, oh I my god, ripped off from something else.
0: That's why it's ripped. It's ripped off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that really turned me off th- th- about this movie is that Jeff Bridges does this really silly Disney cartoon accent, like he's just talking like, "I'm Jeff Bridges." I'm gonna yes. Get of so the whole movie. It's just, like really obnoxious and stupid.
0: It's like he's yelling and doing this fake obviously fake accent at the same time it's really annoying
1: and the annoying thing is also that if these people are ripping off men in black then how come they didn't try to do anything that men in black did other than the visuals and the general tone or whatever like that movie at least has some witty lines some interesting images and themes and the chemistry between the two leads is like palpable Mm-hmm. like tommy lee jones just plays everything really straight and somehow it's hilarious mm-hmm. um and then they rip off another gag from Men in Black, which is that they have these angel IDs that they can just use to get in anywhere and like they just fool people. And also Jeff Bridges keeps using the word engines specifically. Oh my god, yeah. So basically it's like Men in Black, but this time they're both white.
0: Yeah. And it's like, Ryan. I guess Ryan Reynolds is supposed to be the straight man to Jeff Bridges being like, who my hat?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah, it's not good. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, then they go to the first guy that they have to get, and Jeff Bridges just starts eating really grossly all this Indian food. And that scene actually sort of nauseated me. Like, I actually did feel kind of ill watching that scene.
0: Yeah. There's sort of, like, a, um, I don't know if it's called body horror, but, like... yeah. They amp up, like, the sounds of bodies. Like, there's farting, you hear necks cracking, you see, like, Jeff Bridges with all his food all over his mouth. They're, like, zooming in.
1: Oh, no, it's really gross. And that's another thing that people do when they know their script is a dog. They'll just, like, throw in all these random, like, little bits or whatever that just kind of fail.
0: Yeah, so this was a random scene where he accosts a Adetto with
1: uh, food. So then basically, eventually, um... The dedo's like mouth grows super large and it's exactly like one of the ghostbuster monsters he just becomes this like cgi thing the giant mouth
0: right but they're pretty humanoid so they just look like exact they're like people with exaggerated features or something
1: exactly and this fight scene actually reminded me a lot of the beowulf movie oh because first of all he looked exactly like grendel and then uh like at some point Jeff Burgess rips the creature's arm off.
0: I wrote this down. The creature rips off his own arm to get out of the um handcuffs and then just jumps out the window. It's gross.
1: Oh, exactly. So that's exactly like Beowulf because that's what Grendel does. He rips off his own mm. arm to get rid of the, to get out of the door. And then there's this really weird thing where they, like, so he jumps out the window and then Jeff Bridges rides Ryan Reynolds' body down in a really, (laughs) like, suggestive sexual way. Yeah. It looks like a mid-air coitus scene, basically. Like, two eagles.
0: Right. And then they, that's the bottom joke is, um, Jeff Bridges says, that's why Nick's the bottom or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really weird. It's like they try to backwards disassemble the men in Black tone, but it's like halfway between some odd kids movie and like a really generic action movie and basically ends up satisfying neither master. Yeah. Just both things fail. And why
0: are you making jokes about bottoms? It's just like, I don't know. It's so unnecessary. Right.
1: And again, the creature is like farting and barfing and being gross.
0: Yeah, wait, okay. So he rips off his own arm and drinks milk before jumping out the window. Is there, what did they, I thought maybe they would explain like, oh, milk Um, It gives them power or something, but I don't think there was ever an explanation.
1: No, I don't think they ever explained the milk thing. It's just another one of those weird (laughs) things they just threw in. (laughs) It's basically what this whole movie is. It's just scene after scene of people just throwing in random ideas. Like, I I can totally picture some producer being like, what if Jeff Bridges drinks milk right then? And some other one's like, maybe they should have Jeff Bridges ride Ryan Reynolds' down until he hits the floor.
0: There's a groin kick as well is the fart and the vomit.
1: And by the way, I wrote down specifically that at this point in the movie, I had no idea what either of these two characters' names were. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, that's the point when Jeff Bridges loses his hat. Right. He doesn't get it back until the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, so that's weird too, because... The rest of it is kind of like physics don't matter because they're dead. That's why they can just j- throw themselves out the window to get to the bad guy as fast as possible. And apparently they feel the pain, but it doesn't do anything to them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it really is like they're the weird CGI creatures that they become. Ex-
0: yeah, except the only physics that mattered was the wind was able to blow away Jeff Bridges's hat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then he says some stupid line, which they tried to make into a catchphrase, which is he says, Bag tag buried deep.
0: Oh, my God. I I wrote down a Nick slash Ryan Reynolds quote, which I thought was particularly annoying and stupid. He said, shut up and let me deal. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let me deal. (laughs) At some point, someone said the most honest thing, which is that he says, don't worry, nothing about this matters. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree.
0: Oh, yeah. And so I was wondering, like, about the hat more. Sorry. (laughs) It's like the woman that he is visible to or everyone else sees him as a woman she's not wearing his yeah. clothes she's not wearing a cowboy hat she has like a sexy outfit on so does the hat even right. exist or like I don't know
1: hmm. it's a good question <laughs> well I mean they're both dead so for all we know they don't exist yeah they There's don't like really ghosts exist. that are allowed to exist
0: right wait who said my ass is mine and mine alone? Was that another? That's another like anti gay comment from Jeff Bridges
1: or something. The next scene is that they're, they're at a Red Sox game. Uh, one of the characters references mouthfeel, and that was kind of clever.
0: Oh, yeah, he said, I enjoy the mouthfeel of eating, even
1: though we can't um, taste yeah, it. Jeff Bridges is downing hot dog after hot dog. <laughs> At this point, I was like, really not into this movie. So I just wrote down nothing to write about this scene.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what they were doing at the baseball thing. Like, I remember him eating, but I don't even remember um,
1: why. Well, I guess that was to establish where they were. And then to remember something about being alive. And that's when Jeff Bridges reveals this whole thing about the Civil War.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They're going to meet, like, an inside guy or something. But, yeah, that's when he's like, I fought for the North.
1: Meh. And then we find out that Ryan Reynolds' wife is now giving it to Kevin Bacon. Yeah. So that's what made me think of sort of, like, Ghost. Mm-hmm. And there's some really intense lighting on their photoshopped faces.
0: Oh, yeah, and Roy, the... So Jeff Bridges' name, we do eventually learn, is Roy. Mm-hmm. And... Why does he He drives them everywhere But he can't drive
1: Yeah that's another Dumb running joke
0: Yeah he's just like
1: Destroying It's so that he can Check out ladies ankles Of course Oh my god And there was a line Where they make light Sort of of the Pakistani Earthquake That I didn't find Very respectful They just sort of Referenced it Without like I don't know It's like why Do you have to Pick that thing Mm. I don't remember What this means I just wrote down Worst person I ever faced (laughs) Hmm Oh, here's another dumb running joke uh, so every time somebody sees Jeff Bridges they of course see this like stereotypically beautiful uh, busty blonde woman and every single time they play this start of the song let's get it on it's like such a dumb joke
0: yeah it's like the really it's like the guys are just like whoa
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah then they have um, they find this other guy who is this annoying actor I can't really remember the name of this guy who purposefully snorts cumin as if it were cocaine and he's this total like 80s stereotype so he's doing it so that he can like you know take on these two guys right and that's when we catch up to the in media res thing and it's literally the worst scene in the entire movie
0: oh that was now oh yeah because he shows up when they're interrogating another guy or something I don't eat i don't remember there's like another guy they were interviewing
1: yeah there's too much shit in this movie and none of it matters so it's hard to pay attention to it yeah but anyway um i should have mentioned before when he goes to his house he finds that kevin bacon got the gold
0: oh yeah the gold is important yeah
1: is that supposed to matter
0: and so one oh yeah another thing is roy said something about does your friend have a pack to Packed to wipe porn off of la- off of laptops or something. Like, why does <laughs> so, he know that? If he, I guess, because he can hang out on Earth, so he knows all about
1: porn. Okay, so here's what it was. The first guy they caught was an informant, and that guy leads them back to discover about the gold, and they find this guy Hayes, uh, who track who goes back to Kevin Bacon's house, and right. then they. Uh, Follow him to the morgue where he gets some gold off a Oh. And that's basically where he snorts the cumin cocaine and there's this really horrible action scene. Which starts with them, by the way, causing a multi car pileup, which would definitely kill a lot of people, but whatever, that's fine.
0: Yep. Heaven doesn't care
1: yeah the movie literally t- the movie turns into a video game at this point it's just this blob running around
0: and physics don't matter and
1: shit and swinging from stuff kind of reminded me a little bit of left for dead oh yeah it kind of reminded me of a little bit from left for dead like with the blob character in that thing and then it also reminded me of team fortress at the end because there's this whole thing with a gatling gun
0: mm. hmm
1: I don't know, I kind of found shades from some of Valve's games in it. I could recognize some of the imagery. Uh, The Blob character crushes some guy who definitely dies.
0: Yeah. They have special guns uh, to kill the deados with, like, special bullets.
1: Let's see, at some point they end up in an elevator after all this nonsense happens, and somehow they are able to launch the elevator out of the top of the roof, which is completely impossible. There's no way that would ever happen. (laughs) It's like uh, someone counterweights... Uh, the blob counterweights, like the thing, the weight that makes the elevator move, and that causes it all to crash out. Yes. And basically, they eventually trap this guy and shoot. They both shoot him in the head. Which was supposed to be a cool moment, but it's so stupid. After this whole scene, that's uh, just like the worst movie.
0: Oh yeah, and it's in this scene that um we realize they're not actually like the guns. The magical guns don't look like guns. Nick looks like he's holding mm. a banana. And Roy looks like he's <laughs> holding a hair yeah, hair dryer.
1: Yeah, it's all these like stupid gags that are supposed to be like Men in Black, and you know, oh how cute, but instead so they're stupid because they clearly don't care.
0: Yeah, and then it also doesn't make sense because it's like their disguises protect them from being um, proof of dead people or whatever, but people can see them get injured like really badly and then just get up and not die. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. It makes no sense. Yeah, the uni- its the universe's will, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> you to question it. Yeah, they go back to the ripped departments. And uh, I'm just now realizing Mary Louise Parker's name is Mildred Proctor. She tells them that eternal affairs is going to be investigating the gold. And it turns out that it can make this uh, deus ex machina machine, the staff of Jericho, Mm -hmm. which will cause all the souls from Earth to
0: Yeah, they're gonna get sucked out of heaven and go to Earth.
1: Yeah, exactly. They switch the flow like it's some sort of um, Star Trek machine. Yeah, it's a reverse toilet flush. We flesh. gotta reverse the flux capacitor. Oh my god. Oh, and I thought it would have been awesome if the movie just ended with Ryan Reynolds being erased from existence. Like, they're unable to prevent this, so they just fail, and then the mm-hmm. Eternal Affairs people are like, sorry, you failed, now you no longer exist. Because
0: that's what they were about to do as punishment for going off um, on his own.
1: Jeff Bridges at some point... Uh, apropos of Nothing reveals that he used to buy love by the hour.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: Why would you have that line in this movie?
0: Oh yeah, he makes a skull fucking joke for no reason.
1: Oh yeah, they like really explicitly talk about skull fucking, but obviously they can't say that word.
0: Did he watch the coyotes fuck his skull? Or who fucked his skull? But he's like, you know what that means or something.
1: He said, the coyotes made love to my skull.
0: Both <laughs> eye holes. Both eye
1: Oh my god. He calls Kevin Bacon a self-righteous chestnut, which is another what? funny
0: line. <laughs> he said something about, like, a spiritual deodorant, I guess was supposed to be a funny line.
1: Right. So this is that whole thing at the end of the second act where the heroes have to get into a fight uh, for some reason. So Ryan Reynolds has to be like, the coyotes hate, who ate your face were the heroes.
0: <laughs> oh, that's his insult, Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But again, the fight's about nothing, and who cares, and none of it matters. (laughs) This whole movie's a piece of shit. Yeah. There's this fucking thing about Jeff Bridges playing the accordion, like, there's this weird, long sequence of them having to figure out what they're gonna do, so it's just, like, them hanging out at night, and at some point they're, like, on a boat. Like, the fucking boatman would take you out or whatever, and Jeff Bridges is playing the accordion. Oh
0: my god, I almost forgot about that. There's just, like, so much random stuff.
1: Yeah, and that was honestly the final straw for me. I was like, fuck this movie at that point.
0: Why is he playing accordion? <laughs> oh, because he's, like, pontificating and, like, talking at Ryan Reynolds and telling him how he should, like, suck up his feelings and, like, not care about his wife. Because he misses his
1: wife. It's like, this movie's trying so hard, and by trying so hard, it does the opposite and just makes it, everything bad. Like, you can tell that like they're just struggling to make this thing work. Yeah. Some stupid joke where Jeff Bridges or somebody says, don't be dead broke.
0: Ha ha ha. I don't even remember that one. When did they reveal that Mary Louise Parker and Jeff Bridges had sex?
1: Oh, yeah, I think that's when they're at the... Oh, no, they go back to the department to sort of, like, arm up. Ryan Reynolds gets some absurd six-barrel angel shotgun. Yeah, it implies that Jeff Bridges and Mary Louise Parker had sex. He just says something like, I've had the pleasure or something like that, but not for a long time.
0: Yeah, they're, like, they used to bone, and now they're just, like, a quarreling duo.
1: (laughs) I love... I actually love this line. The real you is the you you think you are. (laughs)
0: What? (laughs) What is that? Is that for? Was that Roy saying that? Yeah. Oh my god. To yeah, he's like trying to, to be nick. so wise.
1: Okay, so they do this whole thing where they manage to capture Kevin Bacon without anyone realizing that he's a dead-o somehow. Yo. And then they just do that straight up, we're gonna rip off the Dark Knight thing where it seems like the villain's in trouble, but actually he's exactly where he wants to be.
0: Oh, just that his adorable charm bracelet saves him with no explanation.
1: Yeah, so it's like he gets to be in the clink with all his friends who he's been apparently working with this whole time.
0: Right, yeah, he's the mastermind behind all these guys stealing the gold.
1: He says a line that's just straight up, if I didn't want to be here all along, it's like, oh, geez, thanks, you watched The Dark Knight, got it. (laughs) And then he's able to construct the Staff of Jericho because now he has all the gold pieces, of course, because they just kept them all together. Uh, and it creates another fucking tunnel in the sky, like every fucking comic book movie always has to have.
0: Oh yeah, he was like he had a couple of lines that I thought were funny. I mean, not funny, like funny bad. Because yeah. when they're bi- <laughs> he gets all the shards, he's like, "Let's build it, boys!" Like that's what he yells at them to let all the dedos to build the um, staff. And, oh, he also says they right. they got one of these artifacts for everything. I guess he was talking about his bracelet that, like, destroyed his house or something. I didn't even understand what that was doing, but... Exactly. Ugh, it's it's like trying to be Woody, but it's not...
1: I guess this is also trying to be, like, um, Hellboy or Constantine, where they have all these magical artifacts and there's magic and...
0: I did keep thinking of Constantine.
1: Yeah, except that one actually had some good visuals.
0: Yeah, that one was darker. Oh yeah, what was the deal with all the VHS tapes?
1: Okay, so they create this big tunnel and then for some reason they show a bunch of stuff uh, being blown up. And they were really specifically zoom in on a VHS videotape, and I have no idea why. Oh
0: yeah, like being sucked across the streets.
1: Yeah, like in in the middle of all these like papers and stuff flying up. It's just like a very clear VHS tape, and I don't know why the fuck there would be a VHS tape in 2013 in the middle of.
0: Aurora. Oh my God! It's also Twister.
1: Oh yeah, it's everything. At some point there's multiple portals, uh, which also made me sort of think of like X-Men films, but like way shittier version of X-Men. Yeah. But they're trying to do like the same thing, like do little Bond months, like little stupid joker like things, and have lots of CGI nonsense and like twenty twelve style uh the world is being blown apart shit. But it's like a safe PG thirteen level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even though you know people are dying, they're not like showing it. Um, but yeah, I wrote like crickets at every joke. Like I think at the end I was just watching it like open-mouthed
1: like no reaction. Nah, no, it's I have to assume this was the first script pass they did and they were just like this is fine. We'll just make this movie. We're out of time just make it. Go, this movie. we're already behind schedule. Be one thing if this happened during the writers strike, but this is well after that. So there's no explanation. <laughs> why somebody would just like be okay with everything. <laughs>
0: with spending 130 million to keep making this
1: like at least do what dc does and when you realize the movie's gonna be a dog like sort of retool it rework it like shoot some new scenes or whatever not that it works <laughs> for them but you know what i mean mm-hmm. so they make the uh sphere and it looks exactly like a golden phallus and i think the movie even acknowledges it like somebody says some stupid joke about it being a penis oh
0: a giant golden dildo
1: yeah Kevin Bacon takes Ryan Reynolds' girlfriend hostage. Uh, Apparently her name's Julia, by the way. Apparently. He does the same cumin-cocaine thing and (laughs) turns into, like, a more monstrous version of Kevin Bacon. And that was actually an effect that looked kind of cool because I think they mostly just used his face and then added some CGI on Mm -hmm. instead of just making all CGI. Kind of made him look better in a way, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Um, just kidding. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, he had, like, holes in his body or something.
1: Which is, like, the more shit they stuffed into this movie, it just made it all more meaningless. Like, everything became nothing. Nothing was happening.
0: Oh, yeah, Jeff Bridges literally poops his pants, I think. Yeah,
1: that does happen. That does happen.
0: So, Julia, it gets kidnapped because the staff needs the blood of your enemy.
1: Of a virgin. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, he was like, I don't even actually need your hot wife. I just uh, picked her because it would hurt you or
1: whatever. I'm just a meanie. Yeah. I'm a baddie.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he
1: stabs her. And I think it's sort of implied at the end that she's going to be like the new person.
0: She gets to live again. They just have a, a moment where he fi- he does get to say goodbye to her. Because the whole movie kept trying to see her as that other But he was looking like a
1: different dude. Oh, yeah. There's sort of a stalkery thing, which is also sort of like Deadpool, where he like keeps trying to find her and tell her who he is, but never works out because she can't see him. But eventually she figures it out.
0: Yeah. And they have um, a moment when she's having like a near death experience, but then she wakes up in the hospital. So she'll live
1: right exactly it's it's does that stupid dream thing again where it's like maybe this is all just the vision that she had of all this, this shit happening and then so there's this whole like stupid other action scene where all the bad guys from before get together and like one of them has a gatling gun with angel bullets or whatever but they manage to take them out of course so they show the tunnel of death like all the souls coming back to earth but yeah then they easily foil the plan uh jeff bridges just pulls a truck down and like knocks the phallus over
0: just in time i think he crushes it yeah with the truck that's all he had to
1: do yeah no one's even guarding it or anything even though it's the whole center point of their plot.
0: yeah weren't there dead oh i guess they killed them all okay yeah I guess they killed everyone except Kevin Bacon, supposedly, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, again, they're doing the whole Men in Black thing where it's supposed to be like uh, like underselling it. It's like, oh, I'm Tommy Lee Jones and I'm just going to do this little thing in the background that's going to save the day. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work in this movie at all.
0: Yeah. And then at this point, I was also wondering just like what happens when they shoot the soul, when they shoot the deados? Versus bringing them into the department because throughout the movie you've also right. seen Dedo's be in the bureau- bureaucracy in heaven, so it's like yeah exactly what ha- what happens to them when they're taken into custody?
1: <laughs> no, it makes no sense. They didn't think it out at all. Yeah, I guess they go to the other afterlife, the fir- the after afterlife.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much like the end of it, though. Is like Jeff Bridges destroys the staff. Doesn't he get his sentence extended for being bad or something?
1: No, no, it's actually a good thing. Uh, since you're supposed to be in the Ripped for a certain amount of time, she adds 53 years. So it just means he doesn't have to serve for that amount of time.
0: Oh, I thought that his sentence in Ripped was extended. So because she likes him, so she wants to keep him around.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, I think you're right. I misunderstood that whole thing. And she does this really upsetting thing where she bites his goatee, and I hated that.
0: Yeah, she goes, and it's just, like, meant to be funny, but it's not. And, yeah, so, because, yeah, he's been ripped since the Civil War, and Mary Louise Parker presumably must have died in the mod era because of her outfit.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, she has these high boots because of uh, Jeff Bridges' predilection for ankles. Oh, my God. So Ugh. you sneak in one final ankle joke, and then yep. you also do a new dumb joke, which is that Ryan Reynolds gets a new avatar or whatever, and of a little Girl Scout, which makes you have to oh think, my so God. like this little 12-year-old Girl Scout died.
0: Yeah, I don't know where they get the avatars from, but... Um, yeah, so it's like this little, this child and this uh, lady who keeps getting hit on by dudes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I meant to mention the person who did the soundtrack for this actually is a really good composer, Christopher Beck. Oh. it's pretty well regarded, so I don't know what the hell he's doing here. <laughs> oh, he worked for, uh, he worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hmm. And
0: then, um, the credits are really weird because they have all the items from the movie. So, like, they have the VHS tape again, they yes. have the banana, they have the uh, the briefcase that was involved with one of the dettos, they have, like, accordion.
1: Another, another high-boot ankle joke. Yeah. Yeah, the accordion, uh, the guns.
0: Yeah, it was really strange. Yeah, only the objects from the movie.
1: This is almost, this is, a, like, a perfect parody of these types of movies, honestly. It's almost like uh, The rumor, whatever, like you couldn't make a better parody than this movie was of those types of movies, like Men in Black or Ghostbusters or whatever. Mm. Just everything they do was the wrong and bad choice. (laughs) And the movie just suffers as a consequence. Yeah. But one thing that's really funny about this movie is that on a budget of $130 million, it's only made $12.7 million in its opening weekend, and then only made $78 million worldwide which was only 33 from the u.s so it's one of the largest box office bombs God, of time. hardly
0: anyone liked it whoa
1: yeah it only has a 13 percent on rotten tomatoes Ugh.
0: yeah i mean it's like palpably bad or whatever
1: but yeah it's just like a mashup of all these things and none of them work as well as the movies it's stealing from
0: yeah it's weird how it is ripped off of so many things and then yeah just how like jeff bridges could go the entire movie just exclaiming random things just like i miss my hat
1: nonsense (laughs) yeah i like ankles (laughs) (laughs) you are who you meant to be the real (laughs) real you is the you you think you are
0: both eye holes (laughs) oh
1: my god (laughs) oh and yeah there's that (gasps) whole stupid monologue that's when he's doing it and then he talks about the eye fucking and it's like how are we supposed to take this scene seriously now
0: i yeah and then you're watching it like skull like i don't know they could be funny but it's
1: not the way it's written (laughs) everything about the tone everything about the lines the actors are good like just because we know they're good from other things not from this movie obviously Although Mary Louise Parker's fine. She doesn't do anything bad.
0: But her style is the same as Jeff Bridges. They just yell at each other all the time.
1: I need to look more into, like, what other movies Universal's making around this time. I think they're kind of, like, floundering a bit. Hmm. So this was, like, sort of a Hail Mary, like, let's try to make our own Men in Black. Oh, no. But yeah, you had mentioned that this director was known for closing things. Like, he's the one they brought in for The Insurgent.
0: Or Divergent.
1: Yeah, for Divergence.
0: They didn't make the last sequel.
1: Yeah. Oh, I did also want to mention the guy who wrote the comic book this was based on also wrote the script for Ballistic X vs. Sever, which is another really terrible movie, sort of similar to Assassins. <laughs> and he produced Chairman of the Board, which is definitely, like, should subpoena you two uh, filmmaker hell, forever for that.
0: What is that?
1: Chairman of the board. Oh, it's the movie with a uh, fucking carrot top in it. Oh my god. It covers like him surfing on like a fucking desk or some shit. Oh god. <laughs> That's a movie I'm pocket vetoing right now. There's no way I'm ever gonna yeah. watch it or do a podcast about it. Oh my god. There was a really funny review. I don't know if you have it or wanted to read it. No, you should read it. <laughs> All right, there's a really great review uh, from Kyle Smith in the New York Post, who gave it a half a star out of four. He wrote, For a movie that so strenuously rips off Ghostbusters and Men in Black, Ripped manages to come up with fresh new ways of being absolutely terrible. The plot manages to be fully predictable and freakishly bonkers at the same time, which is kind of what we said, and is seemingly born of the same kind of brainstorming on LSD session that must have given us Howard the Duck.
0: We've come full circle to our first podcast. Century
1: nice there since we did that movie. And actually, thinking about it, it is pretty similar to Howard the Duck because that movie has a bunch of like really bizarre scenes that make no sense.
0: Yeah, the yeah, the fully predictable but really bizarre is definitely a good description.
1: So this movie is kind of like, um, I guess, sort of different from some of the other movies we've made because I don't think anyone involved in this was really trying whereas i think most of the other movies we cover are sort of bad but they had the best intentions whereas this one was just clearly them trying to make like phoning it in the most hollywood movie you could make yeah it was almost like remember they used to make all those parody movies a few years ago like the scary movie not oh
0: yeah but they but because of them like the jokes that they threw in were Um, like more raunchy than men in black. So they had to know that they were not being totally family friendly with this.
1: I mean, honestly, they were definitely just targeting 13 year old boys. Like that's what this really boils down to. (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) 13 year old boys are like my porn on my laptops have Better dialogue than this.
1: (laughs) This reminds me of that funny video you showed me, which was of uh, like a five year old being the one who wrote Fast Five.
0: Oh yeah, that's the Fast and Furious director. The Onion had him be like a five year old, and he's like cars and explosions, woo!
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what this movie is like, especially the action scenes specifically.
0: Action and explosions. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I really don't have a lot of good things to say about this movie.
0: I think yeah, I don't like the heaven that this movie portrays. I think the message is kind of bad that there's like indentured servitude. And I'm not sure if it's because they're insisting that there's some moral imperative that a victimless stealing crime is still a crime, or like, yeah, if it's because he's a cop,
1: yeah. I mean, it's also really weird that usually in movies like this, they come down on one side or other. like it's just judeo-Christian or whatever. But in this one, they specifically state that the universe, is sentient and can do things like choose things but then it still has mm-hmm. the same like dualistic heaven and earth shit
0: god it's kind of like a Discworld thing but not that <laughs> but like horrible
1: yeah if they had gotten like they have these people who they usually bring into clean scripts like this pat oswald used to do it joss whedon got started that way they'd had, had someone like that to come in here and like add some jokes and punch up some of the scenes and make it darker or weirder or whatever this movie might have almost worked like they had the necessary framework like everything was in place for it to be good but just dragged down by horrible scripts wrote performances horrible cgi and action scenes and kind of like (laughs) really predictable script like nothing about the plot was interesting
0: yeah i think the only the only moral imperative to take out of this movie is don't make bad
1: movies (laughs) exactly or if you're going to rip off Men in Black, actually watch the movies and understand <laughs> what they do and how those, at least the first and third one are successful. Mm-hmm. I will say one way they could have solved this movie right away is if they had just had Mary Louise Parker be the protagonist. That would have been way better.
0: Yeah, they definitely could have not. I don't know. Yeah. Jeff Bridges character was particularly grating.
1: It was horrible with the accent. Like day one, if yeah. I was on that set, just be like, drop the fucking accent. Drop the
0: accent. Voice. Yeah. Or we're making you from a different time period. I don't know. Sounded like a
1: cartoon character.
0: Yeah, he did sound like a cartoon character. The guy with the guns and the mustache. Yeah.
1: I'm Jeff Bridges. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically the tone of this movie, like a Looney Tunes, but a really bad Looney Tunes.
0: Yeah, because there was that physical, like, there are no consequences to you, like getting thrown around and stuff so yeah looney tunes it did seem like that a lot
1: i mean that's why i'm surprised that this was based on a comic book because it really seemed like the central premise wasn't well thought out at all like none of the mythology made any sense if you think about it for more than two seconds um which leads me to believe that even though this uh guy who wrote the comic was nominated for bram stoker for a different comic he probably just did this one as like sort of a shameless uh like a pitch Like, just made a Mm. comic to a pitch to Hollywood and be like, turn this into Mm -hmm. a thing. It's kind of like the movies that, um, like, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was making fun of with all these attempts to just immediately throw every comic book property into a movie. Anyway, I've said pretty much everything I want to say about this film. Now let us never speak of it again. Yeah. Do you have any last takes? For the record, my wife agrees. (laughs) Actually, I wrote down what she said. She wrote that it's literally the most painful piece of shit you've ever put on our screen. Wow.
0: Yeah, it was a movie with no likable characters as a result of the writing, and a truly hellish version of heaven.
1: (laughs) Yeah, turns heaven into a hell. And I also wanted to mention that this does that thing where they, like, take uh, some international director and throw him some property and be like, maybe he'll make something out of it. (laughs) But yeah, this is a movie that definitely deserved all its failure, and may it rest in hell. Yeah, yeah ripped in hell i'm usually not that mean about bad movies but this one really irked me
0: (laughs) well yeah and it's like fake wokeness because jeff bridges is like all feminist about when guys hit on him but then he he says other insensitive things it's just like totally unaware
1: No, there's definitely nothing good to this movie. It would have been kind of funny if this was like, um, you know how Joss Whedon had that Buffy movie made that he didn't like, and then he made the TV show, and it was like what he actually wanted and good. Mm. It'd be funny if the comic book version of this, which neither of us has read, was actually really good, and then later he made like this hip, postmodern, subversive version of Ripped, and it was really good. Yes. That's that's my dream for this future. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to leave on.
0: (laughs) A positive note.
1: Make your Buffy random comic book writer guy. (laughs) All right. I guess that's going to do it for this episode. And while signing off for this episode, I'm Pablo. And I'm Erica. And it was nice chatting with you. It was great chatting with you and catch you on the next one, which hopefully won't be this bad. I think this is our new low bar. Not for the podcast, but just for the movie. After Jupiter ascending,
0: After Howard the Duck. All right. Okay. Bye.